What's going on? Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 407 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Paul Savage, Funky Monk, Jenny Housley, Jazzy Jazz, Language Express, Jim Lund, Jamie Fleck, so many folks on YouTube, so many folks on LinkedIn, Simply Cyber Squad members, the Simply Cyber community, and you will be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this tactically or strategically at work? Or if you are looking to break into the industry, this is an equal opportunity program, y'all. You will be asked in any job interview, how do you, well, any cyber job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? This podcast is a banger of an answer if you are engaged and listening, right? Just <laughs> just having it run in the background while you cook dinner, that that's probably not going to qualify. But believe me, over the next 45 minutes live right now, we're going to be delivering the heat on what you need to know. Also want to remind you that I do not review or do any research of any of these stories prior to going live. So you're getting my raw, unfiltered, unadulterated uh, you know, hot takes on these stories. I've been working in the industry a very long time, so um, I've got an opinion on most of them. But before we get into that, let me holler at uh, the show's sponsors, exclamation point sponsors, maybe should work. If not, I should definitely get that set up. Uh, sponsors who make the show possible, uh, Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber were covering yesterday. Thank you very much, Eric. So we'll do them at the mid-roll. But let me holler... Um, Just a bite dropping bombs. Net plus. Hold on. Net uh, just a bite with the super chat, but because just a bite past the net plus. We just become best friends. Yep. My man. Nice job, just a bite. Congratulations, and thanks for the super chat, guys. Penopsi Security is a uh, fully, you know, fully capable, fully complemented cybersecurity service firm. Professional services. A lot of us think of. InfoSec is like an in-house function, but there are professional services company. Panopsi is one. It's run by my good friend, Brandon Poole. I stand by him and the work that they do. One of the services that they offer is a quantified risk assessment. Uh, it's worth noting, quantified risk assessments are very valuable and uncommon. Most risk assessments will be a qualified with a L, qualified risk assessment, which is basically the heat map, right? Red, yellow, green. We're feeling good, we're feeling good. A quantified risk assessment is math, statistically sound. Hey, you have a 74 to 84% chance of suffering a ransomware incident next year with your current cybersecurity posture. Is that acceptable to you, yes or no, right? And oh, by the way, a cyber incident's gonna cost you on average 84 to $168,000. Is that okay with you? Now, when you're talking real numbers with the business, they can make real decisions instead of, hey, our risk is in the yellow orange space. Would you like it to be green and blue? Like what the hell, what's a business gonna do with that? Like, oh uh, yeah, I guess. So qualified does have its place. It is valuable for certain reasons, but a quantified one, it's like the major leagues versus the minor leagues. It's not even comparable. Check out panopsi.com, links in the description below. If you'd like to bring a quantified risk assessment to your business, Good to see you, Kuda Chimera. Thank you for the warm wishes. 
Also want to say shout out and thanks, guys. I'm, I'm probably going to make a video uh, so I can just play it for you guys, uh, for the stream sponsors, because these three sponsors, Barricade, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon, they're locked in through the rest of 2023. So settle in, people, because this is who we have strapped our uh, caboose to. Anti-Siphon training. I love Black Hills Information Security. I have more. Sh this is a Black Hills Information Security shirt. <laughs> now that I think about it, okay? Love what they're doing. Anti-Siphon is their training arm. They have their practitioners, their red teamers, their blue teamers. They have an MSP. The staff that works at Black Hill are also the staff who are putting together the educational content for anti-siphon training. So you're getting hands-on practical operator experience educating you. Think of it like SANS, except it's way more affordable and way more cooler, okay? And no disrespect to SANS, they have their place. But if you're looking for um, you know, value and practical skills, anti-siphon training is dope. And John Strand himself, let's get the little John Strand emotes going. John Strand, elder statesman of the cyber industry and, you know, legend. Um, he teaches three different classes in here that are all pay what you can. And as those come out, I will make you aware. Um, like, I'll change this read to, to tell you about that particular training when John makes them available. He does, he does them quarterly, okay? All right. Also want to say shout out and love to Barricade Cyber, but more about them at the mid-roll. I want to remind each of you how many people we got in chat right now. 150 of you beautiful people coming in here. Yes, exactly. BSEC saying that quantified risk assessment equals funding from leadership. 100%. If you can give them metrics and numbers, that's the language of business. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. All right. If you're live in chat with us, 151 of you, we'll let the uh, some people... Um, uh, come in uh, a little late. Hopefully we get up to like 250, 270. Um, let us know that you're here live. Hashtag team live. Why might, why would you want to message in chat? Well, here, there's two reasons to message in chat. One, it's good for professional networking. You should professional network. It's hugely valuable. I've had a lot of people DM me lately and they're like, I just had a guy last night. He's like, I just graduated with a master's degree in cybersecurity and I got laid off the same day. What do I do? I can't, I'm applying and I can't really get a job. I said, you need practical hands-on experience. He's like, I went to college. I said, yeah, I get that. But <laughs> like, that's not enough. You need to do more. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of this news, but here are like five different ways to get practical hands-on experience. Go grind, dig in. There's no easy button, my friend. You gotta, you gotta put in the time, put in the effort, put in the energy, lifelong learner. So also the daily cyber threat brief is worth half a CPE. So if you got certs, just a bite with the net plus, although CompTIA, just a bite. So, you know, CompTIA's policies don't seem to align with this podcast as a CPE. So just make sure you check your certification body's policies. But each episode, in my opinion, this is an instructor led webinar by an expert. Okay. Like I hate to say that because it sounds like prickish or douchey, but like, I, I do know what I'm talking about and I I can lead a, a, a threat briefing, right? So this is valuable for uh, professional development. So half a CPE, two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat. Maybe take a screenshot so you can have evidence if you need it, if you ever get audited for whatever reason. All right. Oh yeah, Eric Taylor. From the CISO series, Hold on one second. It's cyber All right. Security headline. All right, calm down. I, I, I set the, the music up so like it forces me to cut myself um, back 
from from jaw jacking at the first half guys really quick if you're on replay hashtag team replay in comments you guys always know what to do in the team replay i love engaging with you guys over there if this is your first time in chat if this is your first daily cyber threat briefing do me a favor hashtag first timer in chat let us know that it's your first time i love to welcome first timers to the show thank you for checking it out i hope you get value i hope you come back tomorrow but with that let's chill out and let's let the cool sounds of the hot hot news wash over us in an awesome wave i'll see you all at the mid-roll it's thursday july 13th 2023 what we know about nato's cyber pledges at a recent NATO summit in Vilnius, Lithuania, countries in the defense organization made new cybersecurity pledges and commitments. The specifics remain classified, but the record's Alexandru Martin teased out some details. The official communique from the summit reiterates NATO's strategic concept from last year that cyberspace is contested at all times, not simply in times of an armed conflict. It also stated that a set of malicious cyber activities could lead to NATO invoking Article 5, its provision that an attack on one NATO member would be considered an attack on all of them. In new details, NATO also endorsed adding cyber defense to our overall deterrence and defense posture, and it said it will integrate political, military, and technical defense levels into cybersecurity to better coordinate efforts. Tech. Okay, so this is interesting. Again, with these large geopolitical um, strokes, uh, with with these large political strokes, uh, they move slowly, but they are big, impactful. Um, so what what is going on? Um, to me, like like really quickly, and I be again, this isn't a political show, but NATO almost feels like United Nations 2.0, where like. The cool kids decided that the countries that were adversaries <laughs> were excluded, and that's what NATO became. Um, but I don't know. That's just, I, again, I am uninformed, and that is just a speculative comment. Um, NATO, which basically uh, is like Europe and, and Five Eyes countries, uh, kind of operating against Russia. Russia's not in NATO. Russia's obviously very concerned about NATO because if you look at the western border of Russia and where NATO countries align, um, I, I suspect Russia's concerned about encroachment on their land, um, and which is why they went after um, uh, Ukraine and uh, Crimea. But they are saying here that NATO is up, you know, repledging their cyber uh, commitment to each other. Uh, two important things to note here. One, the, the dude who's in charge of the cyber defense and policy for NATO, I, I forget his name here, Van Wheel. Um, they're talking about to, to employ the full range of capabilities to deter, defend, and counter the full spectrum of cyber threats, okay? What I want to point out here is that if you go back and look at, um, let's see, uh, Five Pillars, U.S. Cyber Strategy. Okay, if you go back and look at this, the 2023 National Cyber Strategy, okay, this was pushed out in May, May 2023. Where is it? Um, excuse me, March. March of 2023. I'm not going to read it to you. I will drop it in chat, okay? If you look at this, this was the White House's new strategy. And why this thing made such waves is because essentially it said that the U.S. is done just defending and 
you know, basically like, you know, a kid run, uh, like, a, you know, a kid runs up to you and he's swinging his fist and you just hold, hold on. Like, th this is basically what the new national cyber strategy is for the United States. And I I'm prefacing the NATO thing with this for a good reason. So basically, for years, the United States is essentially like, imagine that an adversary is like a small child and you're like us is a big kid right and you put your hand on the child's forehead as they're like trying to lean into you and they're swinging their arms and fists but they can't hit your torso because their arms are too short right you, you've seen this like in cartoons and stuff right so the adversary is like bleh, bleh, bleh. this has been the us's policy for for years right and yes we do run our own espionage operation so we're not benign and we're certainly not but like when someone attacks us we kind of put our hand on their head and let them swing and we minimize the impact and all these other things and off it running. This national cyber strategy changed that where it said, we're going to continue to hold them on the head, but we're going to actually kick them in the shins or we're going to throw them on the ground or we're just going to straight up lift them by the shirt and chuck them back into the yard. Yeet, right? Yeet. Like that's what this strategy said, essentially authorizing hackback through federal supported operations. Okay. So this was a big thing. And the whole idea behind it is ransomware has gotten out of control. Espionage has gotten out of control. North Korea and the Lazarus Group has gotten out of control. And defensive measures, half measures, are no longer going to cut it. And that we need to deter through offensive techniques. That's what the U.S. did in March. Okay? Now, fast forward to this thing, this NATO thing. And we actually saw the United Kingdom post something about GCHQ or something like that um, and some policy that aligned very similarly to the United States a month afterwards. Now NATO's doing it. To me, to me, all this is doing is co like this is coagulating or coalescing the different independent countries, individual national cyber strategies into one like unified union strategy that's all nato's basically a union right at the end of the day it's a union and all the members get to benefit from all the other members because they're unionized that's what is going on here now what does this actually look like well two things one <laughs> it basically is going to to me this is a um in alana boyajin and chat uh from a grc perspective knows what i'm talking about this is basically uh, putting policy in place just to reinforce what's already being done. We're already seeing countries like um, Canada, United States, I think, I want to say the Netherlands, Israel for sure, even though it hasn't been reported. We have seen cyber capabilities supporting Ukraine in this Russian-Ukrainian conflict, right? But we didn't have a policy to kind of make it okay. This right here, this is like basically you know, saying it's okay. So this is like a policy to retrofit the actions that are already been taken, right? Okay, like, okay. Second of all, um, they mentioned Article 5, right? And I forget what doctrine the Article 5 is, but basically that's active war, right? So if someone launches, okay, so like when, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like early on, like in the mid uh, summer of 2022, like a, uh, a farm in Ukraine got blown up, right? Like a missile hit a farm in Ukraine. This, this for all intents and purposes, is an act of war. There is c munitions deployed on a sovereign nation by a different country, okay? This is like, this is what it is. And it was, people were like, holy crap, let's tiptoe around this one because they did not want to enact Article 5. They did not want World War Three. 
okay? Article 5 they're talking about in the cyber one is because for years we haven't been able to define what a cyber attack is and does it constitute an act of war because the definition according to the, the you know the national international norms of war they're much they're much more rooted in like kinetic warfare and boots on the ground and stuff like that not really cyber plus it's difficult to 100% attribute a cyber attack to a sovereign nation versus a crime a criminal syndicate operating out of that nation or on behalf of that nation so anyways this is this is more of like putting the foundations in place in case it's needed i hope to freaking god we don't ever need to enact article 5 because once world war is uh, on the table and, and we're starting to move through it, it's, uh, I mean, just look at the 40s, right? Look at World War II. I mean, that was a massive thing. Um, and if we had the Simply Cyber Cafe, I know, I know Ukraine is not part of NATO and Articles of Five can't be enacted for Ukraine. Thank you, BSEC, for pointing that out. My, my point is that, actually, that's a good point, uh, BSEC. All right, so the missile that hit the farm in Ukraine that would not have enacted Article 5. But it's still it's still technically, um, according to the United Nations, that would, that would constitute an act of war. All right. If we had the SC Cafe, I could, I could even go into uh, more about my thoughts around about this. So stay tuned. This is a perfect opportunity for the SC Cafe, which is a new channel I'm launching in September for much more informal conversations around cybersecurity. Let's keep going. Prep companies recklessly shared data. Back in November, an investigation by the publication The Markup found tax filing services like H&R Block and TaxLayer shared data with Google and Meta through analytics tools. A congressional investigation based on these findings published a report confirming this data sharing. The report determined the tax prep companies added tracking tools like the MetaPixel without fully realizing how tax filer data would be collected and used by third parties. Tax data remains tightly regulated. Lawmakers provided the report to several federal agencies, asking them to investigate violations for potential prosecution. All right, so not a big surprise here. Um, <clears throat> I'm reading, I'm reading. Okay, so, I mean, this is, okay, this story is true, tax data was sent, however, as I've said on the channel a million times, data is the new gold, data is wicked valuable, companies that are, like, big tech companies are all about sucking up, like, a vacuum cleaner, all the data they can. Um, and they don't, they might not even know what they need to use it for right now, but who cares? Just, just like stockpile it, you know, get the, get the warehouse from Indiana Jones in the last cru in the, um, last crusade, right? Get that warehouse full of artifacts or, or the temple of doom, whatever it is, Raiders of the lost ark, whatever. And we'll figure out what we're going to do with it later. You can always delete it, but dude, data storage, like hard disk data storage is cheap. You can, you can store all the data. Okay. So. Meta, Facebook, and all these other uh, organizations, Google Analytics, they have the ability to track where, where you're going, how long you spend on a page, when, like what you look at, what you click on, where your mouse sits. Like they can track all this stuff. If you guys didn't know that, welcome to the party. Um, your entire like user experience on a website 
Um, it, it's it's documented. If you think you're being clever by like scrolling on your phone and then there's like a really attractive person to you or they're wearing something um, risque and you pause on it and look at it, they know they know how long you spent looking at it, right? They know exactly what you're doing. Um, and which is fine because what they want to do is create an experience that makes it so you don't leave the platform or makes it so you you see more of that content and potentially purchase something, right? Well, this is one of those intersections of a marketing engine and big tech, big tech data collection, not factoring for what I will consider a fringe use case, even though taxpayer data is not fringe, right? There's regulations around it. But when, I, when, when big tech companies are making this data sucking uh, system up, they're not looking at what kind of data it is. They're just saying, suck up all the data. So taxpayer data from H&R Block and other tax prep companies got, got blended in and sent out to you know, Meta and to these platforms. So this congressional report, I mean, like it, it is important and taxpayer data shouldn't be treated lightly. However, I feel like there is more important things going on. And all this is going to result in if I had to tinfoil hat this and speculate, uh, is that what's going to happen? They're going to do an investigation. They're going to find it's there. Meta's going to apologize. They'll pay some fine that will be n negligible to Meta, right? $10 million, $20 million. Who gives a crap, right? Get, hey, Larry, go grab the petty cash bucket. We got to pay one of these stupid fines again. Like, that's what's going to happen. We're going to spend a lot of congressional, uh, you know, um, taxpayer money investigating this atrocity and then and then Meta's going to pledge to fix the problem and then they'll try and if they don't then they'll just pay another fine next year so again I'm not <laughs> so they um, whatever I mean this is not not nothing and it is important it's just like I don't know I'm almost cynical at this point and desensitized to this what I, what I will point out is that um one, one quick thing, um, DLP, data loss prevention. If you've ever heard of DLP technologies, then you probably just like ticked a little bit from PTSD. Uh, if you've never heard of DLP technology, it probably sounds like a silver bullet. The whole idea behind DLP is that you put it on your environment, right? You put it like on the edge of your, your network and any data going out that you don't want to go out, the DLP system stops and everything else it lets go, okay? So think credit card information, intellectual property, these type of things. That was the dream we were sold. DLP is a pain in the butt. I have never, ever seen it implemented correctly. Typically, people get all geeked up and they install it and then it blocks everything and the business starts losing their mind. So then you slowly start pairing it back and the business is still complaining, but yes, and then eventually you just turn it off because you paired it back so far, it's actually not stopping anything that you want stopped, and it is stopping things that shouldn't be stopped. And you're like, you know what? F it. Uh, done. I got sold a, uh, a lemon here. So you like you could try to do DLP on this, but in reality, it's going to be wicked difficult for Meta to be like, oh, this is taxpayer data, and this is not taxpayer data. Okay. Port finds decrease in crypto crime. The blockchain analysts at Chainalysis released their mid-year report on the state of crypto crime. In the first half of the year, it found crypto inflows to known illicit entities decreased 65% on the year. 
Hey, really quickly, uh, I guess there's some comments about the audio. Let me know if it's my microphone or if it's the podcast. You have to be. Spe- I appreciate the feedback. I genuinely do. I I, I spent. I get up every morning at 8 a.m. to do the show, uh, so it's important for me to make sure that um, I'm delivering it. So just let me know in chat if 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 audio volumes need to be adjusted. Well, flows to risky outlets, though not known to be illicit, decreased 42 percent. These decreases outpace declines in legitimate crypto services we've seen as part of the ongoing crypto winter, which decreased 28 percent. In terms of the types of cybercrime linked up to cryptocurrency flows, ransomware remained the only type to see an increase in flows, increasing $175.8 million compared to last year. Scams saw the biggest decline, revenue down 77 percent to just over $1 billion. This dip appears directly linked to the sudden disappearance of two large-scale investment scam operators. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Surprise. Jesus. Okay, so I, I, I'll give you more than that. Hold on. Where's my FinFrock action? I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. All right. <laughs> That's Charles FinFrock. If you didn't know, um, thanks, Space Tacos. Thanks, chat, for letting us know. Um Guys, uh, that was Charles Finfrock. He's a friend of Simply Cyber. Uh, also, he's an expert in surveillance, counter surveillance, and he will be doing a training for free at Simply CyberCon, November eighth. More information. Um, we, you know, hey mods, we should probably get like a an exclamation point con with um, information to the Simply CyberCon. Just thinking out loud. All right, so crime down 65% overall. Again, this is a win, but don't, you know, don't throw your shoulder out patting yourself on the back. We saw this last year too where like ransomware was down 23% and it's like, yeah, it's because the ransomware threat actors have been conscripted into the Russian army. Like they're not doing ransomware <laughs> operations right now. They're they're like crossing uh, you know, whatever, the Rubicon or whatever, you know, pick a river. So, um, it says ransomware headed for a huge year. What I would say is, um, yes, ransomware continues to be prolific and such a problem. Um, the, the, w- there's some really great infographics here. You guys know, know I love myself some infographics. Might, might see this one off later <laughs> for after hours. Um, but one thing that they did point out is that crypto, the, the primary reason that um, crime has gone down, and this is, some, this is a talking point. So if someone says this, if like Jack at the water cooler is like, hey, I guess we're probably not going to need the budget for cyber because I saw cyber crimes gone down. You're like, Jack, stay in your own swim lane, first of all. Second of all, it's because cryptocurrency scams have gone down because platforms like FTX and Celsius or whatever have gone away. NFTs, everybody has discovered that NFTs is a complete fraud. Like, like it's because all the fraud in the crypto space was like finally people woke up and, and sniffed the bullcrap that that was crypto fraud and crypto bros and all that other stuff. So that's what's going on. Plus, Jack, who drinks decaf? Seriously? Seriously. Like, come on. Um, and yes, I'm decaf shaming. I'm sorry if that impacts you. Um, so anyways, that's what's going on. That's why cybercrime's gone down. It's an anomaly, people. It's because crypto scams have gone down. And... I'm not saying that crypto gets categorized as cyber, but when it's like stolen credentials and someone's wallet gets ripped out or it's like the Mt. Gox cyber hack, which has come back up in the news, by the way, the Mt. Gox one. Um, Yeah. So ransomware, don't don't 
do not read this story and think that like ransomware has gone down. It is not. Yes, infographics after dark, Taylor. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I feel bad if someone in chat's named Jack. They're like, oh, man. Okay. Actors gain access to U.S. government email. Microsoft published details of how the threat group known as Storm 0558 breached an unnamed customer. Microsoft believes the group shows links to China targeting government agencies across Western Europe. The group obtained access on May 15th using forged authentication tokens. A joint advisory from CISA and the FBI say they obtained unclassified exchange online outlook data. The impacted customer informed Microsoft it discovered the access on June 16th. Microsoft says it mitigated the attack and that the attackers can no longer use similarly forged tokens in the future. And now... Okay, so <clears throat> a couple things here. Uh, this story did, like, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, I live and breathe and eat cybersecurity. So, like, I, 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 did, re I, I did research this story, but not because I knew it was going to show. This came across my feed last night um, after dinner, and I was, like, sitting in the living room just kind of chilling, looking on my phone, and this one came across, and I read the story. So I am a little bit more knowledgeable on this one. A um, couple things. One um, they got into 25 email accounts. So like, let's, let's start, you know, qualifying what the actual impact was or quantifying what the impact was. I feel like quantified is really more appropriate. It was, uh, unclassed data. All right. So not that it doesn't make it sensitive, but it was unclassified systems. It was only 25 accounts. It was a partner. So I don't think it was like the department of state's email. I think it was like you know, like say Booz Allen or Deloitte or something, like some some private entity that had access to those systems, right? Um, so if you work for a professional services company and say you support the Navy, you very likely have a Navy.mil email address, even though you're not a um, military or civilian, you're a contractor, but in order to support their mission, you need those that email address. So those seem to be the kind that were done. Um, they said that the attack was a forged um token right so when you log into a cloud service you may have noticed your experience you don't have to log in every single time you change pages right if you're on twitter or or youtube right if you were on youtube and you're like looking at this page and then you click on my video it doesn't ask you to log in again no because it has issued you an authentication or an authorization token based on your successful authentication to the system and you use that token. It's like a bat. You know what it is? It's basically like going somewhere, showing ID, showing all the things. And then you get like a lanyard around your neck for like a conference. And now it's like all access, all access, all access, right? Quick side note. You ever see that Simpsons where Bar uh, Homer gets the backstage pass all access for the concert? And he's like going everywhere he wants. He goes like behind the concessions booth. <laughs> and like where and like gets his own hot dog and popcorn he's like all access he goes into like the women's room because the line for the men's room is too long and there people are screaming and he's like all access hilarious to me okay um okay the final thing i'll say here i'm seeing this right now in the story uh kevin beaumont proposed a theory saying that the acquired key must have come from inside microsoft's internal network um simply because it was like kind of a magic key. That's how I feel. Like you can't easily fabricate a fraudulent token unless you have credentials to create that token. So this might've been some type of special key. Um, I do want to point out Kevin Beaumont is an absolute treasure. Uh, he is Gossy the dog on Twitter, but apparently he is on 
um, Mastodon too. I don't know if he's going to be on uh, Meta Threads or not, but this guy right here, Kevin Beaumont, definitely, definitely add him to your list. Like he is, you know what? I'm, I'm actually, so really quickly, um, I'll tell you guys about this later, but like, hold on, where is it? I have a Simply Cyber Telegram channel um, that I'll tell you about later, but I'm going to add Gossy the dog. I've been I've been tinkering with the Telegram channel a little by little and getting feedback from people, but Gossy the dog, when he posts something, it's absolutely something worth checking out. Also, uh, Mr. Docs, I'm going to add to it as well. Um, uh, mods, will you just please do me a favor and just type that in mod chat so I can remember, because I can't write it down right now. From our sponsor, Opal. Opal is the data-centric identity platform. Identity is one of the last great enterprise frontiers. It's fragmented with legacy architecture. Opal's mission is to empower enterprises to understand and calibrate access end-to-end. -end. The best security teams from companies like Databricks, Figma, Blend, and Drata use Opal to identify security for scale. That's opal.dev. However... Okay, so really quickly, Mastodon is like a, uh, it's like a, it's what most of InfoSec Twitter went to when Elon took over Twitter. Um, but it, it, it's like kind of a, it feels like MySpace. It's kind of like a janky social media service that's federated. So there's multiple kind of servers, uh, Samantha S. Uh, but I'm hoping, um, I am hoping beyond hope that uh, Meta Threads takes off because I like it. Uh, Chris Weaver, whoa, 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 really quickly. Chris Weaver, first of all, uh, thanks so much for being here, Chris. Second of all, that blue uh, Simply Cyber Squad logo looks good on you. And third, Chris is a diehard, uh, died in the wool team replay member. So Chris, uh, coming at you with Team Live, great to see you. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll, so we do the same thing here every day. So if it's your first time, uh, settle in. And uh, my, really quickly, I'm sorry, my threads URL or whatever you want to call it is this right here. Also, my threads uh, account is simply cyber, but I'm doing a lot of personal stuff on there too. It's like personal and professional. All right, let's do the mid-roll. Guys, I want to thank the show's sponsors again, Panopsi Security and Anti-Siphon. I am so blessed and so fortunate to have such an amazing community like you guys to share Simply Cyber with, but also the stream sponsors. This is three companies that are absolutely fantastic and sick. Barricade Cyber, you guys know it, but I, I want to tell you, Barricade Cyber and Eric Taylor are dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below for all of these. Guys, if you want to get on Eric's calendar, right here. You want to just meet Eric? You have an actual ransomware incident? Perhaps your business suffered business email compromise? This is how you get on his calendar, right? Boom, I want to meet you, Eric. Boom, what time do I meet Eric? I'll meet him today at 1 p.m. It's just that easy, people. Set yourself and your business up for success with Eric Taylor. Oh my God, Shakira Williams.
Okay, hold on. I'm, like, just really quickly, this is unusual. I don't typically break simple minds. Don't you forget about me during the mid-roll. But Shakira Williams, can we can we collectively can we collectively celebrate this? Great job, Shakira. Very happy for you. Like genuinely, genuinely happy for you. I hope you love yourself some cyber work. Congratulations. Okay. Guys, if you're getting value from the stream, um, if you're getting, you know, if you're part of the community, if you want to support, take a second and hit the like button. It goes a long way. If today is your first time in the uh, stream, it might be because everybody yesterday hit the like button. It really is important. It tells the YouTube algorithm that 270 people who like cyber content are liking this content, and it'll say, oh, I should probably go tell other people searching for cyber. Let us help the people who are kind of lost in the dark, trying to figure out what to do. Find the Simply Cyber community in this daily cyber threat briefing, and let's help them out. So hit the like button, pay it forward, everybody. I wanna let everybody know about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Hit that like button, Zelaya with the super chat. We just become best friends. Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat. Genuinely appreciate that. Hit that like button. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Oh, Alana dropping in the heat for the 10 months. Nice job, Alana. Thank you so much. Also, congrats to Shakira. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative to uh, enable members of the Simply Cyber community to build a meaningful and impactful social professional network. Right now, Jim Lund has the baton. He went online yesterday and posted his cyber story, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Jim did an amazing job. I loved his post. I read it last night in bed. Um, and it just, it's awesome. So Jim Lund, if you can. Yeah, James McQuiggan with a... Uh, we just become best friends. Yep. James McQuiggan with a super chat. Good morning, coffee cup. Cheers to you too, uh, James. And uh, yeah, DEFCON chess, we'll talk about that at the jaw jacket if you guys want. Um, so Jim Lund, if you can tag somebody in chat with the uh, baton, I'd love to. It is a super chat party. Shakira, <laughs> Shakira, I mean, like this is all a celebration for Shakira more than for Simply Cyber, but uh, super cool. Uh, yeah, so Jim Lund's gonna pass that torch. Guys, every single Thursday, Jim, um, excuse me, every single Thursday, Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish, in chat, makes a custom meme for the day. This is an ongoing Thursday initiative. Dan's been doing it for almost a year. Today, um, I, and remember, I don't look at, review, feedback, censor the meme. I take it as it is, okay? Now, I said that I was an equal opportunity cyber person. I'll do red team, blue team, GRC. I'll help international. I'll help junior. I'll help senior. So um, Dan thought, somebody in chat said that I was a, a pimp. A pimp. A P-I-M-P, pimp. So this is the, uh, this might be my, um, my Halloween outfit this year. All right. So this is the meme of the week. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Haircut Fish. All right, so let's keep going. Let's get to the mid-roll. Ethical hackers are using generative AI. 
A new report from Bug Crowd looks at how ethical hackers and security researchers use emerging generative AI tools. There remains wide agreement among respondents, 72%, that these tools will not replace human creativity in the field. 55% believe these tools will increase the value of their work. In terms of where these tools receive usage, about half of respondents use them for automation and analyzing data. A little over a third use them for vulnerability identification, validation, and reconnaissance. 98% said they've tried ChatGPT, with Google Bard and Bing Chat tied for a distant second with 40% each. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I guess this is an interesting topic of discussion, right? Is uh, how is generative AI impacting the information security industry? Uh, we had a story yesterday about how data science is basically going up in smoke because their their AI is making it easy for someone like me to uh, be able to do data science. Ethical hackers, pen testers, red teamers. Uh, I want to point out on uh, Red Siege's Wednesday offensive last week, Dave Kennedy. Uh, really well-known um, information security leader, came up uh, military and in the Marines and uh, was a very accomplished uh, offensive security professional before he founded his own company and now he runs the company. I think he still does offsec and does development and stuff, but he doesn't have to. I think he just chooses to. Um, he said that he thought AI was much more uh, like sizzle, not a lot of stake when it comes to uh, cybersecurity and, you know, like true, not novel uh, use cases. This study is kind of supporting that. Ethical hackers, pen testers are saying how they use it. It says 72% don't think it's going to replace human creativity. I 100% agree with this. Um, you know, like part of the reason that ethical hackers and pen testers and threat actors, for that matter, uh, they're the same people. It's just their uh, intent and their, and their, um, their intent, really. Um, is that they can look at a system and realize a way to use it that was not its designed uh, purpose, right? Whereas I think AI might look at a system and say, oh, this is a water wheel. Water pushes through and the wheel spins around and the, the grinding mill goes around and it grinds. Like, you don't, it's not trying to look at it creatively and, and try to hack the Gibson, if you will. Uh, it does point out, though, that... Um, 78% believe that AI will disrupt the way hackers work on bug bounty programs in the next five years. So that's interesting. It's kind of conflicting, right? 72% say it can't replace creativity, but 78% said it will disrupt the way that it's done. 100%, guys. I don't know if you're using AI in any way. I use it all the time. Like all, like all my thumbnails for YouTube are made with AI. Um, you see my big face on a lot of the thumbnails. That was generated with AI based on pictures of me. Um, like it's like it just it, it's all over the place, okay? Um, but I don't think it's going to replace creativity. If anything, here's how I see AI working, okay? In general, AI like here's why I think you, Jamie Fleck or Shakir Williams or Kimberly McKnight or Jerry Osier, whoever. Here's why I think you or we should learn AI and and be somewhat competent at it. It will make you better at your job. It will make you faster at your job. It will give you a competitive advantage over your other human peers who do not know how to use it. I visited some friends recently who don't work in tech, and I said, hey, what do you, what do you, have you played with AI? And they're like, one of them was a nurse. And she said, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. Second one was a chef. 
And he's like, I messed around with a little bit making the pictures on Mid Journey, but that's about it. Just playing with it. And I said, okay, you know, like, are you hearing about it or how people are using it? And they had no idea. So, like, even though for us, right? Shall we play a game? For us, we, we see it as like it's every day up in our face. And how's it going to impact our ability to secure systems? And is it, you know, Judgment Day and Terminator movies? But, like, the greater society, they're not, like, mom and pop and, and John and, and Susie, Q public, they're not really seeing it, at least in my anecdotal research. So again, this is an opportunity. We are transitioning into the AI age. I firmly believe that. So this is an opportunity for us to giddy up on this and use it to make ourselves better, faster, more effective um, with our jobs. The other thing I'll say about this one, and this is really, really recent, and I'm going to uh, definitely um, go here. I'm going to spend a lot of time at Red Team Village this DEFCON. Jason Haddix, who's like a really well-known bug bounty uh, ethical hacker pen tester guy, really great guy. If you don't know Jason Haddix, I'm going to drop his name in chat right now. You can Google it. Uh, he'll come up. Jason Haddix, wicked nice guy, super awesome. He has the bug bounty hunters methodology framework i think i might be getting that wrong but it's definitely a methodology bug hunters methodology or whatever follow it dude's awesome follow him dude's awesome he's actually leading the ai village which is a sub village within the red team village at defcon and i know it gets complicated if you've never been to defcon it probably sounds like a popsicle headache inception movie but just think of defcon as a conference of conferences okay the villages are their own little conference under the banner of DEFCON. So you can just spend time at the Red Team Village, which is basically DEFCON colon Red Team colon conference. There's an AI one in there, and Jason Haddix is running it. So if you want to get all up in the business of ethical hacking and AI, that's where you want to be uh, the last week or the last at the end of the week of the second week of August in Vegas. Deutsche Bank confirms customer data exposed. The banking giant told Bleeping Computer the leak came from a breach at a service provider. The company didn't squarely place the issue as related to the attack on the managed file transfer service MoveIt. However, it did say that in addition to the impacted provider, we understand that more than 100 companies in more than 40 countries are potentially affected, which sounds a lot like the MoveIt vulnerability. It couldn't confirm how many customers saw data exposed, but said the issue did not impact its systems directly. The German newspaper Handelsblatt said the issue at the service provider also impacted other financial services company, including Commerce Bank, Post Bank, Comdirect, and ING. Okay, so. Okay, guys, you ever seen the videos? Um, it, they're like tough to look away from, but it's like video of like caught on camera. Or you won't believe this. And one of them is always like the large container ship or the cruise ship, and it's coming in too fast into port, and it, it and it like it's going really slow from our perception, but it's got so much weight that when it hits the bridge or it hits the um, the dock, it's just like right. You guys know what I'm talking about. This move it like progress, move it, vulnerability, ultimate exploit, and massive data exfiltration, it is the equivalent of that cruise ship, you know, pl 
plodding along and just destroying the crap out of up here. When we had things like Log4j or um, Proxy Shell, right? It was like, oh, the internet's on fire. Everybody, all hands on deck. Come on over the weekend. Like, let's get a vulnerability logo spun up, right? And then, you know, everybody's pants are on fire. And then, you know, after a week or two, it's cool. With the Move It, yes, Huntress did their work and it was hot for a second. But to me, it never reached like that incendiary level of like, holy crap. Even though the United States government has issued a $10 million per person bounty on the Klopp ransomware gang threat actors who were behind this massive attack. The move it vulnerability exploitation and the impact of it is like white hot embers at the bottom of a blast furnace, right? It it's 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 not as incendiary as log4j or whatever, but the impact is undeniably way bigger. Way way bigger. Like so many major Fortune 500 companies screwed. Major first world power uh first world powered countries impacted right so much in fact that Klopp ransomware doesn't even know all the victims they have they've literally just posted a bunch of crap on the dark web and said like if your stuff's here uh, it's like a lost and found like if you see your things let us know it's yours and then we'll charge you for it like that's how much crap they have Deutsche Bank the financial services you know they're not happy ING some major major players in the financial services space like well-known institutional names impacted i had no idea that progress's move it software was that widespread and widely implemented i had never heard of it prior to this incident um but this is just the this is just the attack that keeps on going uh so i don't know exactly uh what what is going to come of all this but expect to get several pieces of uh identity theft protection don't worry about your identity it's going to have like triple protection um, by the time we're done with this, you're going to look like the kid from a Christmas story going out, uh, to walk to school with all the, uh, with all the, uh, you know, warm clothes and the, and the scarf that covers his head and he can't put his arms down. All right. All right. Proton expands encrypted cloud storage. The privacy focused online service company brought its end to end encrypted Proton drive service to windows desktops. Now offering a dedicated app. It launched Proton drive in September, but limited it to the web and mobile apps. A beta for a macOS app will become available soon. Proton's zero-knowledge cloud storage remains differentiated from rivals like Google Drive and OneDrive, although Dropbox plans to offer a similar solution to business subscribers in the near future. All right. Broadcom. I mean, I okay. So I like Proton. Um, here, here's the deal. This is the story. This is a really quick TLDR. For me... Proton is a consumer-focused business that, you like, businesses are not buying Proton services that I know of. I could be wrong, but they mostly focus on individual consumers. Second of all, I've used their VPN for years. They're the VPN of choice that I have. This isn't like a NordVPN ad where I'm like, hey, what's up, community? Did I tell you about NordVPN? No, it's like, like I just use Proton, okay? They're offering encrypted cloud storage. Dude. In 2023, cloud storage is where it's at. Like, if you don't have your stuff on a cloud storage, you're 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 dancing with scissors because you know unless you're backing up to another physical device local in your in your place. I will say, make sure you do your um, 
well, hold on. Proton, late to the game. They're not really integrated with other things. So, like, if you have Google or Microsoft, which many of us do, it's very convenient to have your data backed up to Google or Microsoft. I, for example, this is bad OPSEC, but I, for example, have two terabytes of Google storage and lots and lots of important stuff, to me, important, are stored up in Google. Now, some things that are what I would consider ultra sensitive or super confidential to me, I do not keep there, right? I keep them somewhere else. And this is what, hey, what's up? I, I want to give a shout out to GRC for showing up on the stream. Alana knows what I'm talking about. You, If you're going to use a service like a Google or Proton, yes, their data storage is encrypted. That's awesome. But there is a potential for a master key. There is a potential that they get denial of service or they get uh, popped or what, like whatever it is. So you need to do a risk assessment. Yeah, GRC. You need to do a risk assessment on what data you're going to stick up in cloud storage. And if is it is it okay if it gets compromised, right? I'm not saying it's going to. You can manage that risk by adding control and reducing the likelihood of it happening. But at the end of the day, the impact is the impact, and you got to make that assessment. So Proton's doing this. G good on Proton, but I just feel like they're late to the game. And... Um, you know, they're not baked into an entire full stack suite like Google and Microsoft. So, you know, whatever. VMware deal gets EU green light. European regulators approved the $61 billion deal after Broadcom offered remedies to assuage competition concerns. It will offer interoperability commitments with Marvell and other rival semiconductor companies in regards to its fiber channel host bus adapters. Broadcom will ensure accessible APIs and support for these devices after the acquisition. The source code for these adapters will also remain open source. The deal remains under investigation by the U.S. Federal Trade Commission and U.K. Competition and Markets Authority. Holy crap. If you're uh, really quick, if Broadcom is in chat and you're looking to sponsor the stream, <laughs> I'm available to talk. 61 billion reasons to, <laughs> to talk. Holy Jesus, man. Massive way to go VMware. Who would have known? Like, dude, when they do these valuations, $61 billion for VMware? Holy crap. And you know that the, a bunch of, like, bean counters nerds came up with this valuation. Like, Broadcom's willing to spend $60 billion on this. VMware is, like, I'm sure they're more than happy to sell for $60 billion. So this is, like, yowzers. You know what I mean? This is almost like, this is like, what? Not, not almost. This is 120th of a trillion dollars, okay? Wow. All right, so I mean, from a cybersecurity perspective, I don't think that this impacts us in any way. This is one big, you know, tech, wealthy, lucrative company acquiring another one. They'll probably keep the, ne the name VMware. So for me and you and, and, and IDK and Harish Kumar, it's business as usual. We're going to download a VMware player next month, next year. And Broadcom will own it, but it won't make any difference to us. Struggling to get your first job at security, or you're trying to get back at... All right. Ooh, okay. All right. So if you were here just for the news, I want to thank you. But before you go, I know for, for the news people only, you don't like the jawjacking, but allow me to share a couple real valuable gems. Later today... I am wearing my blue team shirt. Later today, if you're interested in SecOps or blue team or threat detection or detection engineering or just 
good information security practices, Recon InfoSec hosts a live, non-recorded Zoom meeting every single Thursday. Um, and it's called the Cyber Defense Webcast. Eric Capuano, the guy behind that wicked awesome blog post that everybody's doing the Stockholm Lab on, he runs this. And um, it's just a really good time. If you don't know about it, now you know. Definitely check that out. I told everybody earlier today about the Simply Cyber official Telegram channel. If you're on Telegram, you want to check it out, um, come check it out. It's basically it's basically like an information security roll-up. Okay, so if Eric Capuano, same Eric Capuano from Recon InfoSec, him, if Heath Adams, TCM, Nahopsec, NIST, CISA, Black Hills, if any of them post anything, um, my Telegram channel grabs it. And, and posts it to Telegram. So basically think of the Telegram channel as a Jerry curated uh, InfoSec feed. That's what that is, okay? So um, check it out. I, I use Telegram, that's why I created this. Like it's partially convenient for me and I was thinking, hey, other people would probably like this. Oh yeah, okay, so Carrie, they do, you're right. They started recording, um, they started recording it on Thursdays, but you can only get the recording if you attended. They don't make it publicly available as, as of last I knew. All right. Really quick because we did not. Uh, Eric Taylor did this on Wednesday. We didn't do Worldwide Wednesday. I was unable to share with you guys, but I did want to tell you about ACI Learning. Uh, I am partnered with them. I love them. I've done a bunch of work with them, webinars. I'm actually gonna be teaching a class for them in October. More details about that later. But guys, if you're interested, um, ACI Learning is the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy comment. And if you use the code SimplyCyber30, SimplyCyber30 at checkout, you get 30% off um, right off the top, right? So no, no strings attached, it's just 30% off. And that's the coupon code, so be sure to use it. I, I will tell you this, you can do the free stuff, right? Um, do the free stuff. There's a ton of free stuff out there. I have 890 videos on my YouTube channel. There is a buttload of free stuff. But if you're strapped for time and you want a curated, focused curriculum, ACI Learning is really, really good um, for that. If you're also preferring to listen to the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast in audio format. I forget to tell people this all the time, but literally we take the audio of this podcast, so like everything I'm saying right now, like this word, this word, this word, that will all be bundled up right after the show ends and posted to um, basically a podcast aggregator. So it goes up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc doesn't cost anything it's just a service it's like 20 bucks a month it's 240 dollars a year i pay for it um i get support from the community through squad memberships and by clicking on that link in the newsletter um and i just you know maybe you want to listen to the podcast while you're driving at the gym mowing the lawn this is one way basically to do that and that's why we make it available all right guys so if you were here just for the news i saw some people drop off you uh, please feel free to peace out. It is 9 a.m. Eastern time, so we're right on schedule. Apologies to Base Case and NCC Group for um, going over the 15-minute a lot of time. I'm going to go ahead and check my calendar right now, make sure I'm not going to blow off a meeting. 
I do not have a meeting. So uh, let us transition to jawjacking. Hold on one second. All right. Welcome to jawjacking. So a uh, couple things. One, feel free to ask any questions. We're going to spend a few minutes just hanging out. I will be starting a new channel in September called the SC Cafe. Uh, when that channel is up, I will actually end the daily cyber threat briefing stream and start a new stream on the SC Cafe channel. And all of you will be automatically pushed to the SC Cafe channel um, just by virtue of how this thing is going to be set up. So stay tuned for that. The SC Cafe YouTube channel will be me, but it'll basically be like casual, uh, uh, informal, chill, weekend jerry versus nine to five starchy jerry okay so let's let's talk for a second jojo's doing calc two. Oh, i remember that jojo stay tuned if you get to calc three multivariables travis connor with an interview tomorrow best wishes connor you got this buddy i have several videos on the channel connor on how to crush a cyber job interview um, also, I want to tell everybody, um, so this is for Travis particularly, but I will tell this to everybody. Yes, you do the daily cyber threat brief, but what I would encourage you to do is grab one recent story and think about it. Think about what happened in that story. Think about what you might have, what you might be able to do to prevent it from happening, right? You could use the progress, move it vulnerability in the Deutsche Bank one. It's not uncommon to be like, how do you stay current in the industry? Oh, I do. I, I attend a daily threat briefing by Jerry Osher. Oh, that's cool. What's something that you recently heard? A follow-up question like, like that is not unreasonable. And it might not even be to trick you. It might be because the person interviewing you is genuinely interested on what you heard recently. It'll tell them what you think about what is interesting in cyber. It'll prove to them that you do attend it. It'll prove to them that you're actually like consuming and digesting that information instead of just sitting in the seat and letting my voice wash over you. You understand? So have something ready to go, uh, Travis, for that. Jesse Johnson made it through the phone interview for a tech and getting a tech interview. Yes. Let's go, Jesse. Uh, Carrie says, I think I found a niche for my compliance with PCI DSS. How hard to get into it? No, not hard at all, uh, Carrie. Um, the, the training, I've never really found great training. Actually, ACI Learning, check them. They might actually have some PCI DSS training. You might have to get qualified as an assessor. Definitely what you want to do is get totally knowledgeable on it. Then find a professional services company that offers PCI DSS audits uh, and then go there it's definitely and it, it dude it's guaranteed they have to do the audits uh harish uh, posted a grc win about student count congrats i'm the 17,000th and one because i started the course today oh yeah thanks harish yeah guys can you believe it I w i'm making I, I was making a little video um you guys will see it i'm gonna drop it later today um uh, actually i'll tell you about it in like a second okay uh but I had to go into the Simply Cyber School to look at something, and I saw we had 17,000 students. That's insane. I, I, I'm, I'm blown away. Like, can you, like, I never, I mean, I guess I have, like, 70,000 subs on YouTube, but, like, 
the students, it's like people who are actively engaged, went through steps, consuming GRC knowledge. Like it's wicked, wicked cool. Um, I love it. Also, I actually, I posted this in the chat uh, on GRC class chat yesterday, but see if I can uh, copy this. If you guys are interested, this is like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this, but if you have a second, if you took the GRC course and you wanted to provide feedback, I actually signed up for this um, this service, like software as a service, to kind of collect testimonials or collect reviews so then I can make it easy to uh, show. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna use it, but if you took the course and you wanna spend a minute and just provide thoughts on the course or review it, I would genuinely appreciate it, please. Bill, Billy Presley, yeah, if you loved it, man, thank you. Uh, please, Billy, go click on that link and just take a minute, please. I, I, I guess I guess I'm asking you, community, if you would not mind to please do me a favor. If you took the course and um, wanted to give me five minutes of your time, I, I would appreciate it. Okay, so here is something that I wanted to tell everybody, okay? This is going to happen um, today, okay? Hold on one second. I can't deal with this. This is going to happen today. So later today, like probably like in an hour, um, I wrote I wrote a book, okay? And, and, and before we get too excited, um, it's like 15 pages. So it's like one of these micro PDF books uh, on Google Drive, right? It's That's like very popular right now, but whatever. I wrote a book, okay? And I, I've been getting asked a lot lately, how do I break into cybersecurity, okay? Like it's the age old question that many of us uh, have asked at some point in our career or have been asked, right? And I was thinking, okay, like let me, because I responded to like three different individuals and it, it was taking time and I was like all right you know what I need to do like let me sit down and actually think what would I what would be really the the plan like I wrote the cybersecurity career master plan book that goes in a great great detail but I wanted something that was like fast and digestible where's my list here okay so hopefully I'm not doxing myself on anything but like do you see this list right here this I think it's 11 items yeah or 11 or 12 items and I actually put like an arrow to like you know, move. So anyways, I wrote this list and then I was like, okay, so for, for like, you know, some of these items, I'll just pick a random one. Okay. Like figure out what job you want to do is step four. Okay. So the, the list is in order. You should do the list in order, but how do you figure out what job you want? So I like, I put down steps to like how to figure out what job you want. Anyways, I wrote this 10 step list that if you execute in order, you have a much higher chance of success of getting a job in cybersecurity okay now the book is going to be free to everybody but i wanted to set it up like and i'm going to be transparent about this i set it up so you have to like sign up to to get it emailed to you and then once you sign up and i know many of you are already signed up once you sign up you're gonna get my the newsletter right it's, it's like an email newsletter thing but um the book is going to go out. I made a video. This is why I needed to see my student count. I made a, a thank you video. So when you download the book, a video pops up with me. It's like a 90 second video. And I'm just thanking you because I genuinely appreciate that whoever that person is, that they're, they're 
willing to check out the book and I appreciate that they uh, potentially might want to become part of the Simply Cyber community. So that's going to launch later today. I will make it available to everybody in the Simply Cyber community. If you're already on the newsletter, then it's not like you're not going to get like two newsletter emails. Um, it'll just be you'll just get it. OK. Uh, and if you got any feedback, I went through multiple iterations. Um, Aaron KG gave me some feedback. Um, so thank you. And Kimberly gave me feedback. Thank, thanks, everybody. So anyways, look for that uh, later today. In fact, I'm going to show you if you guys want to see it. I'm kind of kind of excited about it. Uh, is this the one? No. Look at this. Yeah, there it is. Cyber Unlocked, the ultimate guide to breaking into cyber. Practical 10-step action plan to break into cyber. All, and I, it, it was me. Like, I didn't do it through a publisher or anything like that. So I'm excited. I, I think it's going to help a lot of people. It's a PDF document. So, yeah, obviously, people could share it without uh, signing up and stuff like that. But I don't really care. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to share my knowledge with people. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cat GTBT. It's just like, can you imagine like, um, it's like more of a 1980s lampoon joke, but like, I have like, uh, modern infographics magazine, and I like open it up and then turn it sideways and like it unfolds like, you know, the three panel unfold from, from uh, Playboy. <laughs> Look at that bar chart. Oh, my. Yeah, thank you, Jesse Johnson. I appreciate that. So Billy Presley, I, I'll share the link to sign up um, it, it, on Discord and on YouTube later and LinkedIn later today. I just, I don't want to share it right now because I have to take that thank you video and stick it on the land. Like basically when you sign up, it redirects you to a, a page where this video is going to be. And I haven't uploaded the video that the, the editor just sent it to me this morning and uh, I reviewed it and I wanted him to uh, make one tiny edit and he messaged me. Um, while I was streaming and said that the video is done. So it'll be up there. Um, and tomorrow it'll be up there. And then maybe you get it um, today. And then tomorrow on stream, we can talk about it. You know? Thanks, Travis. Well, Travis, you don't need the book anymore, my friend. You're like on step nine of the 10 step. Actually, you know what? You know what? Uh, on my notes here, step 10. I don't know if you can see it. Step 10 says crush interview. So Travis is on step 10, crush interview. All right, let me look at mod chat. Oh, um, James McQuiggan. James McQuiggan shared this. If you, if you guys don't know, um, DEF CON, I, like I'm big into chess, Sec Lil C, uh, Lily, uh, oh, you know, if you know Lily, uh, she's doing, I'm playing chess with her. A couple random people that are definitely in the InfoSec community that I don't know have challenged me in chess. James McQuiggan regularly tunes up, tunes me up on chess, which is um, frustrating, but uh, a learning experience. DEF CON is hosting a chess tournament uh, on Saturday of DEF CON. If you want to, 
uh, meet some other people. This is a great way to network, by the way. Like we talk about networking in the industry. If you, I'm not saying pretend to play chess so you can network. What I'm saying is if you play chess and you wanna meet some other people in the industry, this is an awesome opportunity. Yes, Kimberly, shh. So, okay, so, okay, so you can, I would suggest join the chess tournament and have some fun, meet some people. Kimberly found the book. Yes, the book is available online right now. Uh, I just, let me put the video in place, Kimberly. I, I will tell you, like 17 people have already downloaded the book and um, like, cause it, like it, they found it. It's, it's not supposed to be found yet, but like, you can't stop InfoSec people from, from, from digging. So good on you, InfoSec people. So here's the link to the chess tournament at DEF CON if you want to play chess at DEF CON. Nice, good job, Dash. I hope it's good news. Yeah, that sucks, Bill Presley. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, it's already done. When I was in uh, Barrow, Alaska, which is like, like it's an Inupiaq village, not, it's, you got, like there's no roads into it. You have to fly into it. Um, there was a guy who had like a cribbage set made out of a walrus tusk. And I was like, God, I'm like, that looks really cool. But F man, there's definitely a walrus somewhere with like, just like a sawed off tusk. <clears throat> nice. Jose Alfredo. So Esteban picked up the, um, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So Esteban, please, um, Esteban, please um, go on LinkedIn, share your cyber story and use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Jeffrey says, did they also find your Google Drive? No, no, they didn't find my Google Drive, thankfully. <clears throat> Guys, I've been teasing on the channel for months about getting more time for Simply Cyber. It might, it might be coming, might be coming. Um, also, I'm leaving the remote studio. Tomorrow's my last day from the remote studio. I will be re returning to the primary studio and probably in the next couple weeks, getting into the brand new Buffer Osier Flow presented by Red Bull studio um where we're really gonna launch to the next level like uh, things like the sc cafe youtube channel my cyber 101 course um uh, some of these other initiatives that i've been talking about um getting more time coupled with the buffer osier flow youtube studio is um it's all coming together at the same time it's all coming up millhouse See, look at, guys, I don't know if you can see what Dash says in this thing, but and if you're listening on audio only, Dash said, um, it he, Dash got the interview through networking, didn't apply for the job, but got an interview from networking. I'm telling you guys, networking is so unbelievably valuable. And I can't tell you that if you network three hours a day in six weeks, you're going to get two interviews. You can't do that. It, it, it's very organic, okay? Yeah, Alana, if you can believe it, um, th this is five weeks. I've got an 18-hour drive on floor uh, on, on Saturday. 
can we get you to publish a French, a France press coffee infographic? A French press coffee infographic? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I am going to make a bit of a concession. So just so you guys know, at Black Hat, I do the daily cyber threat briefing live from my hotel room. Uh, and it's like 5 a.m. there. Uh, I bought a uh, portable tea kettle. Um, and I'm going to bring Starbucks via instant coffee packs. I know it's not what I want, but being real about my travel um, kit, I, I, I can't bring the French press. And then and have like coffee beans and grind and all that stuff so we do we we do what we can we make concessions when we have to all right guys buffer cyber overdrive alex uh guys this has been great i hope everybody has a lovely thursday no no live stream at 4 30 today i didn't schedule one intentionally because i knew we would be um circling the wagons to, to prepare to get out of here. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I had time to commit to my family for that. Yep. Oh, a French press emote. Yeah, possibly. Here's the thing with the uh, with the emotes. Um, you, can you can't add infinite, right? Like YouTube unlocks emotes um, at certain uh, membership numbers, right? So if you get like 700 members you can have an emote 800 members a thousand right so we just have to you know build the community up which is fine it's happening um but th there is a constraint on that also for if you were uh, on the stream yesterday i was driving but i did send a super chat in for two dollars to eric thanking him and uh justin gold was like did jerry just like pay himself like lol i will say that youtube takes a uh, I don't know what the right word is, but a a generous 30% of all money that comes in through YouTube, right? So, you know, uh, the $20 super chat that was really generous from James McQuiggan earlier today, um, you know, only $19.80 or $19.20 of that. Uh, is that 30%? No, no, no. Uh, excuse me. It's six dollars is thirty percent. So fourteen dollars comes to Simply Cyber, and six dollars goes to YouTube when you do that. Oh, it's twenty percent now. My understanding is it's thirty percent based on my metrics. It's thirty percent. So even though I sent two dollars in, I really, I I spent forty cents because <laughs> the money's going to come back to me. It'll also be taxed or so whatever that is. But YouTube took thirty percent of that two dollar super chat. But I didn't care because I wanted to I wanted to be part of it. Right. I don't get to be team live very often. I'm up here. I'm not often get to be in chat. So I wanted to take advantage of it. No, no, no GoFundMe. But I will say, you know what I will say, guys? Um, so if you don't know, I send the newsletter out every single um, week. And in the newsletter, I've started adding a link um to a story that's like a sponsored story so if you click on the link i get like a dollar per click right and the idea is that the newsletter costs eleven hundred dollars a year and by clicking on the link uh you can help support um you can help support it i'm going to just show you this i don't even like i have nothing to hide right so is this can you see this so this is it so 76 clicks over the last two weeks so you can see this is tied to where 
um, when the newsletter goes out. So I guess, you know, last week, um, 13 people clicked on it. And then the other day, 39, 37 people clicked on the link on Monday. So, and, and I don't mind, I have no, I'm not going to require people to click on this in order to consume the newsletter. The newsletter is free to everyone and anyone. And if you want to support the channel, you can click on the link, or if you want to support the newsletter, you can click on the link in the email. It's simple as that. I am happy though. I send the newsletter out to 3,500 people. Of the 3,500, I'd say like 1,500 open the email. I think a lot of people it's going to their spam filter, but you know, it is what it is. Can you put the support link in the description? Uh, what do you mean? So like, like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could. Uh, you know, we could even do a um, sponsor post of the day and just drop it in chat every morning and click on it, <laughs> click on it. I don't know, let me know if, if we could figure it out. Where do birds keep their photos? On the cloud. Nice, Carrie. Hashtag dad joke. Um, you should because it's good stuff and it's free. Require the free clicking space tacos. Thank you, Alana. I'm glad you read it. Guys, I don't send the newsletter out for like marketing purposes. A lot of businesses, if you don't know this, a lot of businesses have a newsletter. It's for marketing purposes, right? They deliver a little bit of value, but the idea is that like they'll tell you about their product and whatever. Um, I send the newsletter out to, to, to deliver actionable intel. And I have like one cool thing at the bottom, which I think is pretty snazzy. And occasionally I'll, I'll promote, like if the GRC course has having a sale, I'll put that in there and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's a community service, just like the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief is a community service. Hey, here's a fun fact for the 168 diehards that are still in chat. Here, like just to just to just to really make a point, okay? I was approached maybe three months ago, five months ago, um, by a business, and they said we want we want to buy the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, and I said, what do you mean, like my channel? And they're like, no, 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 no. We want to buy the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. We'll give you X amount of dollars, and. You still do the daily cyber threat brief every morning like you always do, but we put it behind a paywall. So you'll get paid out, but then we'll make a return on the investment because basically people will have to pay to get the daily cyber threat brief. And I told them very professionally and very politely, no. Like, that's that's not <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. Um, so I... I I appreciate the opportunity. It was nice to have this conversation. I'm glad you see value in the daily cyber threat briefing, but that's not what we're doing here. Um, if you'd like to start your own competitive daily news briefing, go for it <laughs> and charge. But what we're not doing is paywalling the daily cyber threat brief. And, um, you know, so anyways, that's the thing. All right. Yeah, pound sand, exactly. But really professionally. I do have a, uh, occasionally I do swear when I'm offline, but for the most part, I, uh, I eloquently uh, state my intent. 
All right. Yeah, power to the people. My thing is, guys, and this is, I don't know if you know this, and I've talked to some of you one-on-one or in, in like, private group settings and stuff like that. Like, the Daily I, I I want to grow the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I genuinely believe in the value and importance of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I myself have done this for years. I just never turned the camera on. Every morning, I listen to a, a morning briefing. It used to be the Sand Stormcast, and then it turned into CISA series. Um, because it's incredibly valuable. And then the networking, I hadn't expected the networking piece of it, but that's incredibly valuable too. Bashir says, aside from LinkedIn, where else should I network? Discord. Bashir, Discord, definitely Discord. No problem, Cyberkill Jane. Good to see you, Jess. Uh, congrats. Thank you. Oh, yeah, other people may have taken the offer, but the thing is, like, I don't know, like, it's not, it's not what I'm into. You know what I mean? What's my opinion on OneDrive, Sublime Ghost asked? I think it's fine. I like that it integrates nicely with Windows and how you can have it as like a local drive, but the things sync up. It's okay. It's like Microsoft Teams to me, right? Like it does the job and it meets the requirements, but it's not cool. That That's what OneDrive is to me. Like Microsoft's product suite to me, sound seems like um, somebody who was not like like an old like this is gonna sound awful, but like somebody who was like a little bit older got a list of requirements and wrote technology that meets the requirements, but they didn't have like a UX engineer working with them, and it, it, it's like here, here's the solution, it works, and it does, but it's just not cool and it doesn't work great. Um, but I use OneDrive, okay? I use OneDrive professionally and I use Google Drive personally. All right. Yeah, here, you know what I might do? Like, let's do this really quickly. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious from a um, metrics perspective. If you guys want to do this, uh, this is more of a curiosity than anything. Um, what is the, oh, wait, here, let's, let's do this one. Okay. Let me do this. Hold on, what the crap? All right, so this is a, this is a webinar. All right, so this is a webinar. This is like one of those links. Okay, so this is some webinar, right? And if you drop this link in chat. Okay, there's a link, right? So if you click on that link, presumably, I like it'll it'll generate revenue for the channel. I don't know, it's a webinar though. I did not read this blog post. I don't know what this webinar is. I literally just grabbed one off the heap. There's like, they give you like, I don't know, 50 different blog posts. There's a bunch of different vendors in here. You know, it is what it is, so. All right, testing, testing. Pursuit of Bliss is in here. Scripting Kitty, is it? It is 10 or 6T. I don't know what you mean by that. Oh, Esteban, Jesus. Okay, so Esteban's already done the post. Let's let's look at that, my man. There it is. Hold on, I'm gonna drop a link in chat. Esteban, 
Okay, remember guys, see, I'm a first level connection with Esteban. Uh, anybody that, um, here, and then who's, and then Stephanie Strauss, I'm already a first connection with Stephanie, so no need for me to connect with her. But here's the point, the trick is, comment on here. I, I'm not gonna comment on stream right now because I actually wanna read it and then make a meaningful comment, but um, grow your network, people. This is the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, it's awesome. Thank you, Esteban, for uh, taking this uh, responsibility uh, seriously. All right, guys. I want to thank you all so very much for spending an extra 30 minutes with me. I genuinely appreciate it. Love hanging with you guys. Looking forward to the uh, Simply Cyber Cafe as we get a little bit closer. And that's going to do it. Go out and slay the day if you can. Remember... Keep an eye out later today. I will be sending out messages around this um, ultimate guide to breaking into cyber, the 10 steps. Um, I, I wrote it. I feel, I, I believe in what I wrote. I didn't just like throw some shit. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Kennedy. Sorry, baby base case. I didn't just throw some crap down. Um, so cool. All right. Dash is on the volunteer list for tomorrow. Cool, Space Tacos knows what I'm talking about. All right, so that's going to do it for today. Everybody be good. Go out and crush it. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Be good, and thank you all so very much for the support. Bye. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber Community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Come